So we, uh, we started last week talking about heart seeds. So let's go to Psalm 126. We talked about, uh, open up, we're talking about heart seeds, the value of heart seeds. But let's just start with this foundational scripture in Psalm 126, verse 1. It says, uh, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. So, so, so as they were watching and viewing uh, the, the men and women of God, God was doing so many things that, that, that you know, the Bible in this case heathen, but those that kind of just uh, vehemently despised God were like, wait a minute. Something special is happening with God's people. It says, uh, it says, the Lord has done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears, they that uh, give uh, of themselves or give out of themselves, uh, or give on behalf of others, but they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth weeping, bearing, and this is what we highlighted last week, precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with them. So scripture, you know, precious seed is something that, that, that's going to cost you, uh, as we talked about last week, you know, that it, it, it costs you something. It's heart seed. It's from the heart. It's, it's from the heart. Precious seed is heart seed. And so we, we highlighted an angle last week that when we're mighty in passion or heartfelt seed, we're mighty in passion because the scripture says God's seed shall be mighty upon the earth. So what makes us mighty in these times is what we give out of our heart. You know, so... That's what makes us mighty. Mighty in passion, not in perversion. So remember we said last week that heart seed is, is when we give out of, we give all of ourselves out of our passion. You know, the, the movie that talks about Christ's death, burial, and sacrifice, the passion of the Christ. And they got that from the Bible. It says Christ's passion. Everything in his being given versus uh you know, when we don't give, when we, perversion, the word perversion, of course, people don't like those words and they add emotion to them, but twisted, uh, 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 corrupted uh, from God's original use. I've always gave the testimony, you know, like, so, so if you get, if, if you take certain things, like if you take uh, t- uh, tobacco in its purest form, probably beautiful, probably smells this entire room. Dry it up and smoke it, uh, it can kill you. Uh, so, you know, uh, certain things, you know, they, they, they got all types of C- CBD oil and things like that. So they're taking the, uh, the purities out of uh, marijuana and using it for, for help, help people to heal. Because uh, of my experience, I don't want to be nowhere near it. <laughs> you know, just, just my personal, personal experience. But, you know, in its purest form, without the uh, THC, um, they say it's helping some people. Uh, dry it up and smoke it, 
you probably lose sight of what your momentum is in life because it creates blind spots. Um, it could cloud you. So Keith Bradley, uh, in, his, in God's original design, his purest form, uh, will give anything to help people's lives, will give heart seeds. Uh, but when I was uh, dried up and smoked out, I, that, that I wasn't given heart seeds. I mean, I was, uh, had a hard heart and I was uh, probably crushing folks. Well, okay, I said probably, and I forgot this is going live, so there's people that are going, no, it's not probably. Uh, you were very selfish. Uh, can nobody tell you nothing? Okay, so now that we cleared that up because uh, <laughs> a larger audience, so I can't be using words like probably. No, no, you did that. If my brother's watching, he's probably like, no, 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 keep it real. Keep it real, little brother. All right, so um, we have to remember something. I, I gave you the, the contrast between Abel and Cain. And so the scripture says that they both gave offerings. They both gave, uh, so, you know, so scripture opens up and says that one was a, a tiller of the ground and one was keeper of the sheep. Right, so when it, when it came time for them to give their offerings, it says Abel gave his first. So, so he was so appreciative that, wow, like, look, God has prospered me, but I'm so honored, I'm going to give you my first, my best from my heart, right? Because it cost, it's costing me, you know, where your treasure is, your heart is. And it said that Cain, when he gave what he was doing, he gave the leftovers. So, so Abel offered his heart and Cain offered what he was willing to spare after he calculated with his head his benefit. All right, so, so keep this in mind. Abel offered with his heart. Now, now, now again, uh, when you give of your heart, so, so when you give your time, when you give your attention, when you have to take the time out to talk to someone that's hard to speak to, uh, when you give of your heart, it may be a three or four hour conversation. When you calculate what's going to be your benefit, you may go, okay, I'm going to show I'm going to be here for you for about 10 minutes, but you're about to get on my nerves in the 11th minute, so I don't have time for you. But no, when you give of yourself and you give of your heart, you don't calculate costs. Uh, you don't calculate your benefit. It's all about what's going to be on behalf of others. The Bible says no greater love than this than a man has for his friend. He'll lay down his life, everything in his being for that friend. That's John 15, 13. So I always say lay down your life. So doing what's, what's, what's to benefit the other person, maybe not to at your benefit. And I know that's tough, especially for parents, because a lot of times parents, you know, uh, with all due respect, they talk a good game, but when it comes to doing what's best for their child, sometimes it's limited to just what's going to make them be liked by their child. Not some of the things we have to do for our family members and the people that we love, it's what's best for them may not be comfortable for you. That's a heart seed now because it costs me. I'm laying down my life. I'm giving you what you need at the expense of me being liked, me being cared for, it might be Darth Vader there for, for a little bit, you know, but, but that's, that's what true love is. I, you know, I'm, I, I just really want to do what's best. I always, uh, me and my wife has always talked about, like, as my son was growing up, you know, I used to tell her, you know, as, we, as, as he was in tough situations, I was like, well, you know, I can't help his situation at the expense of his life. So if I help his situation in this moment, I'm going to be liked. But... As he grows on with his life, as he's now, you know, 41, be 42 this year, 
Well, then he's going to look back and go, well, you had the opportunity to do what was best for me and you did what was convenient for you. Right. So heart seeds cost a little bit. I'm sure we can figure that out from the last two examples. So we know in the Bible, we have two more characters, Mary and Martha. So if you remember, the Bible says in the story that that when Jesus showed up, Martha was cumbered about doing many things. You know, she got the biscuits going, you know, she got, you know, she got the candles flying, you know, she got some, uh, some, some, I don't know what y'all had this morning. Some of y'all might have grits, you know, you're home now so you can watch the show and eat. Some of y'all at the table right now eating. Give me your undivided attention. Get away from them eggs, right? So, you know, so, so she had the eggs going, you know, she had the, you know, bacon sizzling. And so she's saying, I said, yeah, whip this up. Jesus going to be like, yo, I'm sweet, but. Jesus was communicating because he's only, he's only had three and a half years to do this. He was communicating uh, from, the, from the power of God, the, the, the presence of God, a life-changing words. And so Martha, you know, she, she's scrambling and stuff like that. So she got to a point where she couldn't flip the pancakes and take care of the, the muffins at the same time. So she's like, man, where is Mary? And so she runs over to Jesus and goes, hey, 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 man, you need to get with Mary. Because Mary over here sitting down while I'm out here handling business. He said, listen, listen, Martha, you're coming about doing a whole lot of stuff. Mary is focused on the needful thing. Mary is focused on the needful thing, the most important thing. So, so what the Lord was showing me is Martha gave of her hands. Mary gave of her heart. Martha gave of her hands, Mary gave of her hearts. One showed heart seeds. You know, one might have been compliant and, and tried to do all the things where they would get props, but they, they didn't lock into what was most important at that time. You know what I'm saying? So, so like in this season right now, I know our habit is giving of our hands, but I think God's looking for our heart. He's looking for us to be about the needful thing. What's, what's the needful thing in this particular time? And I know we may think it's biscuits or we may think it's uh, bread or, or I guess toilet papers seem to be pretty important in stores right now and water, right? right? But uh, hey, hey, before you get your, your, your toilet paper and, your, uh, <laughs> and, and buy a bottle of water, how about uh, buying up some moments uh, with God? Scripture says in Ephesians 5, uh, 16, it says, uh, redeem the time, buy up every moment. So invest in some time, uh, some exclusive time with God. And that's the thing. I, I get it. You know, you know, I, I mean, I like doing stuff. I'm, I'm a uh, person that likes doing stuff. If I do something for you, I, I, I want to hear, hey, man, I appreciate that, Keith. Good job, Keith. Thanks for doing that, Keith, man. Thanks for going out your way, Keith. But I can't be so caught up in getting the props of man that I lose sight of, of the endorsement of God, right? I did this, and that's, that's sometimes we lose sight. Like, we're so busy making sure we, we handle our task, right? We got our our, our, our but we're not giving God our time, okay? All right, so just, just something to consider as we're giving heart seeds. Hopefully, that's making sense to you. You know, so, so when we give of our hands and not of our heart, uh, you know, sometimes we're being, uh, how could I say, we're being uh, deceived 
that it's more, it's going to be, it's going to be a, at a greater benefit than us giving our heart to God. And you ask yourself now, 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 why would that be important for even the adversary to try to deceive you? See, misery loves company. And that was his whole thing. See, the adversary was designed as the, uh, the maker of music, you know, to create an atmosphere. So his whole thing was, as long as I move folk, you know, you know, long as I, you know, long as I get there and I scratch it up right and I move folk, angels, you know, the angels was worshiping and flowing around heaven, you know, they was doing their little thing, you know what I'm saying? So, see, so as long as I get that groove going, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. But he lost sight that it wasn't about him moving anybody. It was about him yielding what God had designed so God can use, God could breathe through his pipes into the heart of all the angels and all of man. And so, so the scripture says when, 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 when Satan started to lose sight of, well, he was Lucifer at the time, when he started to lose sight of what his purpose was, when he started to pervert his design, when he started to shift from offering his heart to now using his design for himself, see, calculating his benefit before he gave himself to God, right? When he started doing that, it's, the, the scripture says he was, as a, uh, uh, I believe it's Daniel, but it says uh, he was found wanting. And as the scripture says he's, see, when you don't give your heart seat, something's missing. The scripture says found wanting. And, and, okay, so it's uh, Daniel 5. Let's go to Daniel 5. Give you guys opportunity to get there some of y'all on your bible apps or what have you i have all those apps but you know i just be trying to train myself not to get lazy and just turning the scrolls turning turning the bible from time to time that's just something uh i found so you know this is you know dan you know prophetically is communicating some things but verse 27 says tkl it says thou art weighed in the balances and found wanting. So, so something's missing. So, so now when you think about weighed in the balances, uh, the Bible says in Proverbs 11.1, 1, uh, unjust weight is abomination of the Lord. So back then what they would do is, you know, they were supposed to weigh out what you're given and they would uh, calibrate the scales where you, you would start them out with the deficit. Like, you know, I worked in a meat warehouse and what we would do, we had to calibrate the scales so it would be, it would start out at a minus. So whatever you use to package it wouldn't be counted against your cost. Well, what they did back in the day when, you know, when they was going to the money changers and they'd given their lambs and shekels and stuff like that, they would add more weight to the scale ahead of time. So when you put what you put on the scale, you end up paying more than you're supposed to. So, so, so the scripture says an unjust weight is an abomination to the Lord when you're tipping the scales. But when you're found wanting, what happens is when, when the scale is measured up, it doesn't even out because on, on God's side is all that he, he has provided for us and all that it's purpose for us to do. Everything you need, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think, right? I came to you, might have, might have life and have more abundantly, abundant life, right? Your cup runneth over. All that's on God's side of the scale. On your side of the scale has to be heart seat. 
See, see, when, it, when it's anything less than your heart that's being given, hey, it's an unjust way. It's out of balance. Hey, 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 you're found wanting. <laughs> something's missing there, right? <laughs> it's, 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 it's something's missing. There's, there's more that it takes. And we, we excuse ourselves from giving all our heart. We, we share this in, uh, in our relationship boot camp a lot of times. You're in a relationship. So you come into the relationship, you know, maybe like I had. I came into a relationship and, of course, that, you know, I had all the things that I brought in from, from, from coming up in Newark. Okay, I'm not going to be henpecked. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, uh, you're, so, and nobody's taking advantage of me. So I come in like that. Hey, taking advantage of me. I ain't going to be henpecked. So, so the early part of the relationship, I'm, I'm, I'm purchasing things for my wife. And, 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 and I was at the house one time. I said, hold on a second, man. I, I better back up, man, you know. Uh, you know, she might try to take advantage and think it's always going to be like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm going to have to, like, you know, uh, put her on rations. <laughs> you know, I'm saying this to myself. And, and the Lord said, this is your wife, right? I said, yeah. He said, so what's wrong with it always being like that? You're supposed to be loving your wife as you love yourself, according to Ephesians 5. So you don't want it to always be like that for you? <laughs> You know, you, what you sow, you reap. Right, so, and I was like, man, what's wrong with me? But what was wrong is I had been so bruised and so taken advantage of at times. I, 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 I would take my old situation into my, into my new relationship. Oh, y'all still think I'm talking about me and my wife, don't you? I would take my old situation, pack them up, put them in a knapsack, and just carry them around everywhere I went, Right? Versus forgetting the things that are behind me, Philippians 3, and pressing toward this new situation. Going all in in this new situation. So I was wondering why I, was getting, I wasn't getting all of my wife's heart. And one time she says, you know, honey, you haven't gotten all of me yet. You know, because of the things she went through in her relationship. And I'm saying to myself, well, anytime now, we can get that. But the Lord said, she ain't getting all of you. And so what happens in a relationship is... To, 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 get it, to, to receive the fullness of the other person, you have to give your full self, right? So, no, 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 you can't go back and I'm not gonna let what happened to me before and all the other 17 other relationships happen to me again because that person is, is fresh and new. Yeah, I hesitated. Yeah, I hesitated. That wasn't a delay. I hesitated for real. I wanted, you to, I wanted that to soak in. And so, even in relationships, we have to give our heart to receive a heart. Hey, 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 Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven: 37, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind. What that's saying is, love the Lord with all your heart. Well, hey, let's go deeper inside the heart to the soul. Let's go deeper inside the soul to the mind. It's saying, go, go three deep into the heart, giving yourself to God. Suppose that's the master key to release all the spiritual blessings of heavenly places. Ephesians 1, 3. Suppose the master, so suppose everything is waiting for heart seeds. You want a heart harvest? I guarantee you, you want all of God's heart poured into your life. Can he just get heart seeds, right? Something to think about. So, so, so this is the thing like, 
if we get beyond the being found wanting, and let's say we start giving heart seeds, we find ourselves crossing over in a special place. It's, it's that Psalm 23 praise. And, and, and every, we have every level of person, at every level of relationship with God. Some people give, you know, they acknowledge God. Yeah, I know there's God. I believe there's God up there. Some people, I pray, you know. Um, some people uh, probably, you know, hey, 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 you know, uh, you know, I remember those four scriptures that I've been living on for the rest of my life. I'm not putting those people down. I'm just saying everybody's at different relationships. I'm going to tell you, at every level of relationships, most people have a couple of foundational things. So some people are Bible scholars. But I think everybody knows the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 16. Well, Matthew 6, 6 through 10, you know, and we know God wants it to be on earth as it is in heaven. It says it in the scripture, right? What about Psalm 23? See, in that Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul, right? Within all that process, he ends up saying, my cup runneth over. You know what he's saying? I'm pouring out my whole heart. I've got to the point where I'm so filled with the fullness of God, I just, I just pour out my whole heart. And that's what David was saying. That's where we have to get to where our cup is running over, right? And then the scripture tells us in Ephesians 3, 19 to be filled with all the fullness of God. So we got to get all of God's heart, but we have to give heart seeds to receive that. And it just keeps going. You think about it, you take the seed, you put it in the ground. Uh, it grows, you know, first the ear, then the corn, you know, it's, 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 it grows up and it produces a harvest. That harvest produces, it has fruit with, or produce whatever fruit, vegetables, whatever with seed in it. You take that seed and you replant that thing. So you, you start out, uh, this is Adam and Eve, you start out, you have a tree. You, so let's say we started out and all we had was uh, God gave us was a piece of fruit. Start, start out life. He tells us to have dominion, be fruitful, multiply, replenish in Genesis 1. All right, and all we got is an apple. Well, let's say we eat the entire apple. All we will ever have for the rest of our life is an apple. But if we pay attention to what the scripture says, it says uh, in Second, Second, Second uh, Chronicles, Second Chronicles, is it nine or ten? Um, but it says that God giveth seed to the sower. It says both to minister bread for your food and to multiply the seed sown. So, so, so what he's saying is most of y'all, all of it, if you get an apple, most of it is what? For us to eat. But there's something, there's 10% of that apple left in there called seeds. You ain't supposed to eat the seeds. You have the entire apple to enjoy. Why eat the seeds? And actually, you know, we've talked about it here at the church. Those seeds is what they use to produce cyanide, poison. They're not designed for consumption. They're designed to be given. A seed has no value unless it's sown. So your heart sees that great idea, that book, that vision, those resources, just, just sitting on them. Scripture says as a man, he has all these resources. So he walked out. Uh, in the Bible, it says he walked out. He looked. He said, man, man, oh man, look at all that I have. He says, man, but... Everything that I have is increasing beyond my ability to, to, to be able to store it all. 
So what I'm going to do is I'm going to create some huge barns, you know, a fortress here so I can get all the rest of this stuff stored up too. And it says, before that dude realized it, a, a storm came and destroyed everything he had. But all he had was seed. All he had was, he was storing stuff. The seed was for him to, to, to extend all that God has afforded him, to be fruitful, multiply, replenish, right? And that's what God wants us to do with hearts. So just, keep, just keep this thing going. That's all he's saying. The scripture says, freely it's been given to you. This is Matthew, I believe, 10.8. It says, freely it's been given to you, so freely give. Now, that word freely, that's a liberty word. That's not a limit word. That's a liberty word, that word free. So, so when I freely give out, I'm giving all of my heart. See, I'm not, I'm not giving with, uh, with reservation. I'm not giving with restraint. I'm not giving out of my heart. So when I do something for somebody, I'm not going, this is what I'm willing to spare. If I do something for someone, if I spend time with someone, if I have a conversation with someone, if I'm serving in a kingdom, if I'm giving up resources, whatever, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in reserve. I'm, I'm all in so I can receive all of God. Because it says God freely gave to us. And, and, and as, as you break it down, when you even think about, he, uh, the scripture says we, we love him because he first loved us. So what that means is I gave all of myself first with, with no guarantee of anything in return. But we live life measuring what's going to be the return. You see what I'm saying? You, you'll never give heart seeds. Look, look uh, I'm all over the place here. Uh, Look at uh, Ecclesiastes. Ah. Let me just flow with how we're going. It's not how I planned it, but Ecclesiastes. Be obedient. Ecclesiastes 11. Ecclesiastes 11. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. We get here in verse 11, not 11, chapter 11. And let me see. We'll, we'll just do verse 4. It says, he that observeth the wind shall not sow. Right? So he that, he that it says, he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. It says, as thou knowest not what is the way of the spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. In the morning, first thing you do is with that saying, sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thine hand, for thou knowest not whether shall prosper. It says either this or that or whether they both shall be alike and good. So it's saying you don't know um, uh, which one's going to produce. So he that observes the wind with his head shall not sow or plant or, with it or disseminate or, or what's called um, uh, uh, from the word fructify. Uh, F-R-U-C-T-I-F-Y. 
And that means uh, to bear fruit or be uh, productive. So, you, so, so, you know, if you don't sow, it's kind of hard to be productive. And it says, he that studieth the clouds, again with his head, shall not reap. It says, in the morning give thy seed. So give from your heart first is what it's saying. In the morning give thy seed. See, see, give from your heart first. Because once you start processing and calculating and figuring out uh, what's to your benefit, you're normally giving your leftovers. And God... Um, God's system doesn't convert leftovers. It, can, it, it converts uh, things from your heart, things out of purity, things that's been untainted, right? So uh, the, the, the New Living Translation, I wanted to read that to you guys real quick. The New Living Translation. It says, farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. And, and I was uh, studying this house. So I wanted to read this from uh, Charles uh, Ellicott. Charles Ellicott. It says, it's idle to try guarding against all possibilities of failure. It's idle to try to guard against all possibilities of failure. Right? It's, 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 it doesn't make sense. It says, to demand certainty of success before acting would mean not to act at all. So, before I move, I have to be certain of what's going to be the result. You're probably not going to act at all. If the farmer looks for perfect weather, he'll never have a harvest. Because even if the day starts out perfect, it ain't going to end perfect. We, we've never seen that. You know, I, I know we was in Columbus, we, you know, the, the weatherman would... Uh, I'd be at the gym, the weatherman would say, hey, you don't like the weather? Wait a minute, because the weather would just change so much with the, through the course of a day. You know, in our times, you see weather's changing all different times. Right? So it's not about perfect conditions. It's about faith. And, and, and again, we're talking about agriculture and harvests and things like that. But in our life, uh, we, we used to, uh, what was the phrase I learned coming up in North? You know, study long, study wrong. That, that was the basketball phrase. You get the ball. Should I take the shot? Should I move? Uh, this is triple threat. Should I, should I step and go? Should I up fake? Should I do the Dr. J move? The Pete, Pete Marriage move? You know, uh, should, should I do this? Should, should I do the Rod Strickland crossover? What, what should I do? Like you, 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 oh, uh, hey, maybe I should take the jump shot. I don't know. I missed the last jump shot. I might not make this jump shot. No, no, no. Study long, study wrong. You in your head. You're processing through too many things. We had a... Uh, we had playing in a pro-am when we was in Ohio, so we had to uh, put a team together, and we would bring in some of the younger guys to bring them up. So brought in my son, you may remember this, and uh, another young man, uh, Amos, to give you some props out there. So, so, so you, had, you had three leaders on the team, so while we're running plays and stuff, you know, V-cut, go over there, scream, roll, man, roll, roll, roll. So this person, man, man, back up. Hey, 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 man, you're supposed to dive, man, dive. Man, why you didn't die? Man, swing the ball. Man, swing the ball. So uh, I think it was I think it was Amos. I know my son said it one time too. He uh, man, we in He said, "Come on, hey, okay." And it was like all everybody was talking to him, you know. And I stopped. And I said, "I said, you know, I said what's overwhelming you is you're trying to remember everything." I said, "That's what's overwhelming you. Like every time somebody says something to you, you're trying to remember that because you're trying to control it. You're trying to remember that. You're trying to remember that." I said, "No, no, no, no. That's not how you do. It. You got to absorb it." And trust that the Holy Spirit will bring it back to your remembrance. You just got to receive it. 
And when the situation comes up, it'll pop right back up. I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to cut here. It's, it's, it's a absorb and flow, absorb and flow. And the same thing in this life, it's not about calculating, am I going to fail or not? Am I going to blow it or not? Am I going to say the right things or not? It's about just flowing. Walk by faith and not by sight. See, with all these calculations, you don't need faith. While you're in your head, you don't need faith. Again, have a schedule. Be organized. Uh, uh, line up. I mean, just budget. Please. Uh, but, but you can't. Those are setting a foundation. You're, you're offering all that to God. And let God tell you how to flow, how to go, how to do this. We do things a certain way. Here, we stream it. And, and listen, because uh, people was asking me about streaming for longs. I was like, well, I want to wait to the to our local congregation gets to a certain place because I, I don't want people to, you know, just be at the house when they can come to church. And so, so of course, now we stream it, right? And so, so I asked God, I said, so what's going on? I said, he says, well, it's time for y'all to stream, period. Not just because of what's going on out here. You ain't going to stop streaming. He said, yeah, you could be so focused on making sure you, you uh, the 50 or so people show uh, the additional people show up. So, you, so those 50 that may stay at home, you want to make sure they show up too. He said, at the expense of the thousands that I'm trying to get to see, to, 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 to hear what I have to say. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, so I could be so locked in this. We're going to flow this way. All right, we're going to do this. Well, I'm not doing that. No, we got to get out of our head, Right? Get out of our head and tap into our heart. Hey, get out of your head and tap. Your heart talking to you all the time, but you got so much other information running through your head. Your heart's like, your heart, hey, hey, I, what, 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 man, hey, 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 I, oh, I, I, like, can't get a word in. See, God is communicating through your heart. The scripture says that there's a, there was a storm. Ha! Ka, 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 ka. Boom! Ka, 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 ka. Boom! It says, but God wasn't there. It said there was an earthquake. Brr, brr. He said, hey, uh, mountains fall. All types. I said, God wasn't there. It says, but there was a still small voice. So you got to cut out all that noise to hear God. And you got this time to hear God, and some people add noise. Wow, this is a good opportunity to binge watch. Yeah, binge watch God's plan for your life. Listen, that's a series that keeps on going. <laughs> it, it don't have just eight episodes. <laughs> it just keeps on going. Guess what? And every day, you can tune back in and find out what's going to happen next. Know how I know? Because the scripture said the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. Hey, hey, it looks like wilderness. We talked about this in, in, the, in the wilderness teaching. Uh, uh, it says the purpose of the wilderness is to humble you, to prove you, and so you will know what's in your heart. See, you, sometimes we think we sow hard seeds, but there's so much other stuff in there diluting that seed. So we're not getting the harvest we really want. We go, what's this? Like the harvest come, we go, what's this? Like you're talking to God like he's found wanting. <laughs> What's this guy? This is not what I sold. And God's going, yeah, it is. <laughs> like, no, 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 it's not what I sold. And God goes, you may want to go back and check your heart. 
what really came out of your heart. Not what you thought was in your heart, but what was truly in your heart. Does that make sense? All right, so, so uh, let's go here to, well, shall I just give it to you. First uh, Samuel 14, 7, just for the sake of time. First Samuel 14, 7, you know, uh, the scripture says, do all that is in thine heart, heartfelt. Hebrews 10.22. You know, doing things in your heart in full assurance of faith. See, when I, when I, when I saw a heart seed is in full assurance of faith. You know, God told us to, uh, uh, and I know this doesn't make, make logical sense to a lot of folk, but God told us in 2009, 2010, we would be in Charlotte. Now, of course, you know, we were praying, you know, uh, you know, our pastor pulls us out in the service one time. He says, we're just praying for when and where. So we prayed for when and where. God, this is some signs. It wasn't just, hey, let's just go to Charlotte. Never been, you know, I had never been to Charlotte in my life. There were signs. There was all types of signs. We was getting brochures, welcome to Charlotte. Uh, every time somebody was traveling somewhere, yeah, I stopped over in Charlotte. Like, Charlotte just coming up. My sister sent me, uh, my sister Yvette, she sent me, um, you know, it was kind of like a history of my grandmother's name was Charlotte. Then there was another uh, a relative. He's a great aunt or something. His name was Charlotte. Then somebody else's name was Charlotte. I was like, what is going on? Because I almost forgot my grandmother's name was Charlotte. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, it's, so you got that. Then um, uh, I go to a, a meet with a guy, and he's moving to Charlotte looking for a church. And so we were, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a tuggle between uh, Houston and Charlotte. Those are the places after, after about 10 that we we locked in on. I know some of y'all that, you know, that we're in striking distance to is like Houston. We probably never would have saw y'all, <laughs> right? But, uh, but uh, this guy, I said, so why, why Charlotte? I never told him. He said, well, it was between, he said it was between Houston and Charlotte or, or he said Texas and Charlotte or one of the two. He says, and Charlotte stood out. Well, I didn't hear him. I heard God. Then another guy uh, that's a good friend of mine played, played at one of the universities he was at the uh, workout facility, so one of the players called me and said, hey, you ain't going to believe who's here. So he talked to the guy on the phone. He had played for a team in uh, New Orleans. And he says, well, when I got injured, we were supposed to go to uh, Houston, but somehow or another, we end up in Matthews, North Carolina. I said, what did you just say? He said, Matthew, well, when we came out here to visit, we stayed in Matthews. Uh, you know, we didn't know where to stay. It was on the outskirts of Charlotte. We stayed in Matthews. I said, what? How'd you end up there? He says, well, I don't know how we ended up here. We were supposed to go to Houston. For some reason, we ended up in North Carolina. And I didn't hear him. I heard, we, I, I heard God. Me and my wife was talking, and she's at a job, and, and all of the, the, the information coming through the job is saying Charlotte. <laughs> it's Charlotte everywhere. And so we just came out here, got lost, and said, well, if this is the place, God reveal, us to, reveal it to us, uh, similar to how he revealed to me I was supposed to uh, be in Columbus. And... We're here, but if, if we don't give our heart, we don't, we don't make that move. I mean, I, you know, I was working for a church. I had a good relationship with the, you know, uh, one of the, with two of the universities, uh, one through athletics and the other one through student body, the basketball community, the ministry community. Um, the church at the time was thriving. Like, ain't nobody trying to move out of a, uh, a cushy or comfortable situation, I guess you call it at the time. Yeah, but see, when you calibrate your heart to God, he'll move you based on what he desires to do, not based on what's convenient and comfortable for you. And then, you know, it's humility involved. People are, 
asking you questions and wondering like if you lost your mind, you're, you know, because you're hearing all the stuff, you're making sure you haven't lost your mind because you're leading a wonderful wife and a lovely family and, and, and you know, like, okay, you know, I'm going to go out here. There's no guarantee that I'm not going to be embarrassed. There's no guarantee that we're not going to fall on our faces. There's no guarantee that we'll be a laughing stock as, as Christians. But when you sow your heart, you can't calculate all that. You just have to be obedient to what God told you to do. And when we moved, he said, you go to Charlotte, everything I have planned for you is waiting there. Me and my wife was in agreement. We're here. And, 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 and so that's, I was talking to a uh, 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 pastor last night on the phone. We were just talking. We, just got, we got into a wonderful conversation. But I was like, I just think about like Noah. And I know, depending on where you are with the Bible, it's kind of hard to fathom. But if you study it out, the Bible is not a fairy tale. It's, it's reality. It's just a progression all the way up into our time. But rain had not been introduced to the earth. So if rain has not been introduced to the fir- to earth, a flood is like, first of all, you're telling somebody you're building an ark the size of two football fields, and it's because, and you have to explain to them. You know, your family, your kids, because they had to help you build. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, uh, it's going to rain um, for a certain amount of time, 40 days, 40 nights, whatever, and then there's going to, uh, it's, it's going to flood. The earth, the water's going to, going to take over or cover the earth. Well, if it had rained, that, like right now, somebody told you that right now. The, the, it's going to rain 40 days and 40 nights, and the water's going to cover the earth, so I'm building an ark. In, in 2020, man, you know, lost your mind. Oh, so the water's going to cover the earth, right? <laughs> well, you go ahead with your bad self and build, build your ark. But imagine n- n- talking to people that have no reference. What is rain? See, you have to look back. This is the response you're going to get. What is rain? And what's a flood? Well, no. If you say a flood, you explain a flood by saying it's a lot of rain. Well, what's that? <laughs> you're like, you have no reference for this. What I'm saying is everybody that's pioneered anything had to calibrate their heart. They had to sow heart seeds to get what God wants to get done. Anybody. And you have to, see... You have to give your heart because that's the only way you'll be able to override all the other considerations that you would think and everybody else is telling you to think. That's the only way you do it. I'm not talking about foolishness. I'm talking about God is telling you something and, 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 and that's deposited in your heart. Because I'm going to tell you, when the hurdles come, what keeps you going is your heart. You got to keep sowing heart seeds in the midst of whatever's going on. Isaac in Genesis 26, it said he sowed in a time of famine. I believe it's verse 7. It said he received a hundredfold in the same year. It was famine. Nobody trying to sow nothing. They trying to hoard, uh, hold on to what they got. But he heard in his heart from God, hey, this is a good opportunity for you to sow. It said receive a hundredfold in the same year. No, no. The Bible, when it says fold, it ain't talking times. We're not talking about multiplication. We're talking about exponentially. Fold is, if, even if you fold something, you fold it as two. You fold it again as four. You know what I'm saying? It don't, it's not, it don't, it just keeps wrapping itself up exponentially. You know, I, my little math. <laughs> it, it always slips in from time to time. 
So, so a heart is spirit-led power. Someone, a giving of your heart is spirit-led power. It, when, when you use your, when it's just of your hands, that's human ability. When you hear that reference, that's your human ability. So God is asking us to uh, present ourselves as a living sacrifice of our human ability, right? Uh, Romans 12.1 presents itself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So he says, and, and cross over into his power. Remember when we read this and we were talking about uh, faith sounds and we always talk about the faith sounds, uh, the faith life, anything we talk on faith, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 4 and 5, my, my preaching and teaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but, within, but was in demonstration of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. Head, use your hands, but in the power of God, straight from the heart. Straight from the heart. And, and it's, it's, it's hard, you know, I was talking to one man of God, a powerful, powerful young man, uh, strong in the word, but, but I said God is trying to shift you. Well, he's trying to shift you uh, to cross over to another level of power is gonna take you to be free. We can't be free in our head. Our head won't let us. All the, the most powerful things that's happened in a lot of our lives, I know in our lives, I couldn't calculate it if I tried. Like even though I had a, a you know, I put that, I had a two-year timeline, two-year plan. Um, it was originally a 100-page document. I, I eventually submitted to the pastor a 40-page document because once he said he was in agreement, then I, the 60 pages that explain the value of Extending the church, ooh, sowing heart seeds, from, you, know, you know, sowing your best seed. Actually, I did some research. Uh, I was doing research when, it was t when, when, when uh, we were processing through planning. So young man out there, he was taking a class on planning churches. He says, well, I'm not trying to plan a church, but I know you are. He says, here, you could, uh, I'm going to give you my password. You can go online and you can uh, take the class. So I'm taking class and learning stuff. And so the, 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 they had a... I guess an executive pastor over this uh, particular ministry, huge ministry around the country. And he said, listen, he said, this is what we do. We give of our best from one church to plan a new church. Now, what I had exposed to, that seemed a little weird. I had never heard that before. He said, he says, we'll give our best, our top people. He says, I know what you're thinking. Because I'm, I'm looking at this video. He said, you think, well, if you give of your top people, they're probably your top givers and tithers. He said, uh, we planted the church and the, uh, it might have been 12 people. Five of the people represented $300,000 a year. He said, but we believe by giving our best seed, God is going to uh, give us a return on that. He says, like, we're not losing anything. It, we, don't, we don't think about giving our best people as a loss. We believe it's a game because we've sold hard seed or precious seed. And I had never heard that. I said, I said wow. Now, that, that's empowerment or um, faith at a whole nother level. But if you start to calculate, that guy can easily go, okay, well, first of all, these people are giving the most. They're doing the most work. Um, these are the people I depend on. Ah, I don't know. Hey, but Jesus did that. When he first started out, he did have 12, he did have the 12 disciples. His first move, first move is so in the morning, right? His first move was here. I'm giving you my power. 
going out there and don't take no script with you. Like, don't, don't, look, don't write down, preconceive what you may need, no cheat sheets. Just go out there and, and the highways and the byways and, and, love, and, and touch people, love on people, do whatever. So they go out there, they're, they're uh, casting out demons because Jesus imparted his power. He, he, he gave them a heart seed to start out. So, so that's when they came back and said, Master, even the demons are subject unto us. He said, hey, he said, he said, calm down. Just be happy that your names is written in the book of life. But he was, he, but he, after that, because they got to a, a place where they couldn't cast out a demon, and Jesus, but, but what, what did they do? Hey, how come we couldn't cast it out? Now, hey, instruct us now. So Jesus was operating in wisdom. I sent them out without instruction for them to go out and realize they needed instruction and come back and appreciate instruction. It was a setup. He so heart seized, and on return, he got their hearts to listen. See, some of us want people to listen. We ain't showing no heart seeds. We're controlling them. We're controlling them. Right? We're, we're, we're attacking them. I, listen, I, I did it. I put myself out there. I did. But I ain't know any better. You know, even with my son, when I first, when, when we, I first came into his life, you know, I was like, uh, you know, he, was, he wanted to go to this game. And I just liked that environment. I was like, well, you know, I, I mean, I told the story before. I spent the whole day. I was at work. I worked in corrections. Spent the whole day. Well, he ain't going. I tell you what, he ain't going to that game. You know, he ain't going. Ain't going to that game. You know, I'm working all day. I'm like, he ain't going. I'm, I'm the man of the house. I'm, yeah, I tell you what, he will not be going to that game. Now, now, I'm not at the house. I'm at the job. Like all day. <laughs> Time in the life when a man has to stand. Time, listen, I got to put my foot down. We, I, yeah, I tell you what, what, what? If he say this, I'm going to say that. If he say this, I'm going to hit him with that. If he say this, bam, 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 bam. I'm going to get him with that. But he ain't going to that game. Then I get home, and uh, dad, before he got out of his mouth, you ain't going to that game. And walked away. <sighs> yeah, I told you he wasn't going to that game. And the Lord said, what was that? I said, yeah, I was just making, letting him know he ain't going to the game. I took authority in the home. And the Lord said, he ain't hear you. I said, no, no, no. Oh, no, he heard me. No, he heard me. I, I, I said it with might, with force, with power and authority. He said, all you did was scare him. Now, all that dude is reacted to the, the volatile diatribe. I don't know if that's such a word. Oh, I don't know if that word fits there. But he, you know, he, he, he couldn't hear what you were saying. You, you scared the life out of him. He said, what were you all worked up for? You could have said the same thing. Without all that work, you could have just spoke from your heart that he couldn't go to the game and why. He would have at least heard you, might not have agreed, might have been upset. He said, you were afraid to tell him the truth. That's why you couldn't come from the heart. You got in your head, you calculated, you, you, you jumped to conclusions. You didn't even have, you had a whole conversation without the, the other person present. 
And it changed my whole flow. I got to start dealing with my son from the heart. He's not going to like everything I say. I got to deal with him a matter of factly. But in every relationship, people are going to like what you say. So, you know, we do it. We talk to each other. We talk through things. And we just share from the heart. Like, and we don't like everything. It's just like, okay, well, what bother you about this? What bother you about that? It's not, it's not comfortable. We don't have the right faces. We don't, we don't have the right smile. We don't have the right tone. Those are things on, on, on our outward man. The scripture says, fear not their faces. Don't be dismayed by their looks or their speech. You know what it's saying? Listen to their heart. I worked in corrections. What made me effective? I didn't look at the behavior. People were threatening my life, all types of stuff. I, one guy threatened my life one day. I said, hey, man, I understand, man. Listen, listen. I know you've never been around a USD grade A man before, but I'm not going to hurt you. Now, 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 he was literally, he was foaming at the mouth. I don't know if you remember, if you're watching. He was foaming at the mouth. He was all up my, hey, hey. And everybody was scared of him. Nobody wanted to deal with him that day. I said, man, I understand. You, you haven't met a USD grade A man. This was my response. I said, I said uh, but I'm not going to hurt you. I said, but you're going to sit down and do what I asked you to do. I said it exactly like that. And you could look like his computer short-circuited. Yeah, because <laughs> you, you, either you're, gonna, you're looking for fight or flight. You're not looking for someone to share their heart. Try to emphasize. Heart seeds. Heart seeds will change some things, man. And uh, I know we got to close out here in a few. I don't want to be here all day. Uh, this Sunday, but I, I did. I did want us to get it. The scripture tells us to guard our heart with all diligence. Um, out of it flows the issues of life. When it says guard our heart with all diligence, especially from our own understanding, obviously from you know the ungodly counsel. Scripture says, "Don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of the sinner, nor sit in the seat of the scornful." But your delight should be in the law of the Lord, and in that law. We should meditate day and night. Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Right? So what it's saying is guard our heart from ungodly counsel. But guard our heart also from our own counsel. Scripture tells us to lean not to our own understanding. In all our ways acknowledge him. He shall direct our path. Because our own understanding will deceive us into believing um, our hands were designed for our use only. Our own understanding will deceive us from believing our hands were designed for our use only. We'll be tempted to first use our hands and then hide our heart. To first use our hands and then hide our heart. But the spirit who's indeed willing, I know the flesh is weak, Matthew 26, 41. The spirit will remind us to first give our heart and then offer our hands. See, the spirit remind us to give our heart first and then offer our hands. But our, our, if we lean to our own understanding, we'll use our hands first and we'll hide. We'll, we'll hide our heart. And see, that's that studying the wind and, and calculating it before we sow. Scripture says in Proverbs 3.27, I know I'm, I'm going a little fast because I want to end here in a second. It says, withhold not good from them to whom it is due when it is in thine power, when it is the power of thy hand to do so. See, when you withhold, you know, that's, you, you're just like that guy with the storehouse, you're the seed preservation. You're not trying to lose. Proverbs 24 says, the sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. Therefore shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. Proverbs 20 verse 4. 
See, that person is not giving hard seeds because of uncomfortable conditions. That's convenience preservation, not trying to lose. Proverbs 22, 13 says, the slowful man saith, there is a lion without. I shall, uh, uh, you know, I shall be destroyed in the streets. Right? So he's saying, he's basically saying there's a lion out there that's going to eat me up. Right? So that's fear and self-preservation. Right? Trying not to lose. So you have, I gave you uh, Proverbs 3.27, seed preservation, the person that, you know, withholding what's due to somebody else. Then I gave you Proverbs 24, which was convenience preservation. Person's looking at the conditions. Well, it's too cold. Again, all these are trying not to lose. And then Proverbs 22, 13 is the person said, there's a lion out there. <laughs> you know, I can, I can be harmed. I can be eaten up. That's fear and self-preservation. All those are trying not to lose. And you don't sow heart seeds trying not to lose. You know, that's not how we operate. You, you, if you always are looking, you know, the scripture says, he that soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly. He that soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. So anytime you give of your time, you give of your trinkets, or you give of your, you give of your, your, your time, your trinkets, or your, your talent, um, you have to give of your heart. You give of your time, you have to give of your heart. You'll have a harvest of that. You give of your, your, your uh, talent, you have to give of your heart. You have to give it all. And you give of your trinkets, you have to give of your heart. And that's what's holding up some of us receiving a heart harvest. 